I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ah, so uh, not going to lie, Ross, you've, um, you've made me feel a little bit bad about myself. I feel like I haven't achieved anything in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have. You've done it, man. You've has done it, it. Has you anyone know, actually, has anyone else actually swum around Britain since you did it? No, I mean it's it's not a mass participation sport. I think it's it's quite niche. <laughs> so would you do it? Would you do mental. it as a race? It's mental. <laughs> I think what what's what's interesting is um, I'm fully aware. To, not to get too philosophical on it, but I when I started it, I was treating it like an athlete. So I, I was treating it like a race. Um, but then you quickly realise that it's completely dictated by Mother Nature. Like if Mother Nature decides that she's going to allow you to swim around Great Britain, then you'll do it. But we had the best summer. I don't know if you remember, it was two years ago now. We had an unbelievable summer. It was just it was just like sunny all the time. Like there was no wind. It was amazing. So you need to be one, resilient enough to swim for 12 hours a day for 157 days, but you also need the best summer. And, th- and that's what we had. I think if I'd have done it last year, I probably wouldn't have made it round. You know, e- even with everything that I know. So it's, it's that idea of even like, you know, like with, with Everest, you know, people who climb mm. Everest, sometimes you just got to, Tip your cap and say, okay. Okay, beat me this time. Hey, welcome back to part two of Private Parts with Ross Edgley. Woohoo! Um, Ross, also, um, listen, we, we, we talk about the Great British Swim and things like that, but I mean, the things that you've done, I mean, sorry, like you've, you've done a marathon um, pulling a car, you've done the world's longest rope climb, you've done, I mean, amongst other things, what, like, I mean, do you just constantly want to challenge yourself just because you're like, oh, fuck it, like, here we go, I just want to now do something else just to see, really feel what I can actually do? 
Yeah, I, I think there's an element of that, but do you know what? I want to. So, um, I'll talk quickly about with the world's um, strongest marathon, as it was called, when I when I ran a marathon pulling a car. Basically, long, long story short, um, it's crazy. We, uh, a friend it's crazy. Of, it was a bad idea. <laughs> so, it took 19 hours. Um, the, the car was 2.6. Quite quick. <laughs> <laughs> 19 hours pulling a car. No. But we, uh, my friend, who's absolutely fine now, he, he was diagnosed with uh, cancer at the time, and the Teenage Cancer Trust were amazing. And for those of people who don't know, if you're a teenager and you're diagnosed with, with cancer, previously you were tr- treated in the children's ward or the elderly ward, whereas the Teenage Cancer Trust build these specialist wards, and it's amazing just to see, you know, that... that they can socialize, you know, the, 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 the effect of your cognitive well-being on your immune system. Well. It's amazing. So, so that's why I wanted to do something for a higher purpose. And that was this idea of saying, you know, I want to run a marathon. Uh, people were like, that's been done. I was like, I'll run two marathons. And then somebody just said, a friend of mine was like, run a marathon pulling a car. I was like, all right, fine, done. Silverstone through as the keys. So is that is that generally how you come up with the ideas, just sort of sitting around with friends and then they say, why don't you pull a marathon or pull a car on a marathon why don't you, why don't you pull a marathon let's, why don't you pull a marathon <laughs> it's exactly it it is exactly it so, so then i think you should we make one up now <laughs> yes no, okay no, this, so this is exactly it so so i don't if, if you're familiar with the japanese um term your, your ikigai have, have you heard yeah that? yeah a yeah, big big fan of that term exactly so for me <laughs> yeah, i don't know what it means what does it mean ross i have no idea so, so your ikigai they believe um and, and Ikigai, it was a term that was derived on an island in Japan where they've got more people living over 100 than anywhere else in the world. And they really credit this for their longevity. And, and your Ikigai is basically your, your reason for being, um, your, the reason you get up in the morning, your, your sense of purpose, the reason you're put on this earth. And it's made up of four components. So it's what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. So for me, I was working in sports nutrition at the time. So... I was like, hang on, this this is kind of going to help sort of promote my business at the same time. So it's what I can be paid for. Is it what the world needs? Yeah, we're going to raise thousands for the Teenage Cancer Trust. Is it what I love? Yeah, I love training. I love pushing myself. And is it what I'm good at? Yeah, I'm not bad at it. You know, I can suffer for a long time. So for me, it was almost like this this idea of my ikigai, that when I had this car on my back and it's two o'clock in the morning, it's getting cold. I was just like, this is eudaimonia. This is not yeah. happiness. This is suffering. This is my ikigai. Depending whatever you want to call it, all of these things have the same theme run, running through them. And so similarly, Jamie, I would love, and I'll talk, I'm going to message you about this offline, but what I would love is when we come out of isolation, if you would do something around, like, you know, with candy kittens to do something where you're going to go, I'm going to go and run an ultramarathon fueled purely on my own products. You know, make a performance enhancing candy kitten, something like that, that that would be your ikigai. And when you're then doing it, you'd be thinking, okay, this is now for a higher purpose. I'm not just training for the sake of it now. I'm raising money for charity. I'm doing it for my business. I'm doing what I love, what I'm good at, what the world needs, and what I can be paid for. It's your ikigai. It's a freaking great idea. So that's an unreal idea. Well, this is it. So I would argue that your training sessions right now, when your personal trainer is possibly saying, you know, I'll do 10 reps. I'll go and, go and get on the treadmill. There's no purpose. We're not looking at behavioral science and philosophy. But all of a sudden, if I said, do you know what? In a year, you're going to go and run across the Sahara Desert fueled on your own products that you created in your own factory. And you're going to raise money. You're going to raise thousands for a charity that's really close to your heart. 
I guarantee you're going to be a lot more motivated during every single session then. Francis, exactly the same. If you had a jiu-jitsu tournament, and it's like, do you know what? Every round that you go through, you're going to... I'm going to drink a bottle of Yoshi cider. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I would watch that. Every round that you go through, we put another five grand in the pot. You know, if you end up winning the whole tournament, you know, this goes to charity. I guarantee you're going to roll with a completely different sense of purpose. And that's, that's what I love about the book with the Art of Resilience. I want everyone to go on their own journey, their own pilgrimage. Sorry, that was a long answer, but I felt... No, but, but, but Ross, you're so right. Like, and that's what's so great about your book. Which is, And listen, to anyone who wants to go and get the book, it's out right now, isn't it? So you can go and order it online. Any, can you go and order it on Amazon? Oh, it's, it's, it's a month, actually. So you've got a very advanced copy. Francis, I'll get one sent to you as well. Second yes. Day. Yeah, sorry, Francis. I get the goodies. Yeah, I get the goodies. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, right. in a, it's released in a month's time. That's right. Yes, but you can pre-order okay. now. Okay, go and pre-order the book because I'm going to so, start reading with all these things. It's insane. So, so Ross, I was thinking we should c- come up with a new challenge for you. I was thinking, uh, as Jamie was talking, that maybe you should push. Uh, I was thinking of Sisyphus. You should push a one-ton boulder up Ben Nevis. That is immense. Oh my god, that's you wouldn't be able to do. There's no way you'd be able to do that. That's no way. That's mental. That is mental. This is how it always starts. So honestly, something like that. What you then do is you start looking at it. You reverse engineer and deconstruct it. You put a training plan in place. You say, okay, we're going to do it in a year. Let's reverse engineer it. How do you get to that? You start to look at limiting limitations. So what's going to stop you from doing that? You start looking at physics. So power to weight ratio, I'd have, I'd have to start getting bigger, I'd have to get stronger. And this is the point that I get a kick then, not just myself, but I get such a kick out of reverse engineering and deconstructing it when, when helping someone achieve their own. I mean, I'm, I'm going off on a slight tangent here, but there was also, I was lucky enough, um, and I talk about it in the book, to live with uh, the Yamabushi monks in Japan. And they go on what's called a, a, an okugaki, so a pilgrimage where you do a marathon a day in the mountains, and then you meditate under ice-cold waterfalls. So this idea of, and I, I love that Einstein said, adversity introduces you to you. It's this idea of, of self-discovery through self-discipline. And that's something that, again, it would be amazing if, if everyone reading it had their own pilgrimage. And so exactly what you just said there, Francis, when you find something, you start to work backwards. Like, How are you going to achieve that? And, and that, like, not now, but I will be messaging you both separately. I would love for you to go on your own pilgrimage and use this time in isolation as well to start thinking about it. Because, well, again... I, 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 think, I, think that's, I think it's insane, the fact that, like, you look at it like that, but you look at it like a challenge. Is this possible? Can we do that? With you, Ross, is it, is it harder, do you say, when you look at things like this, is it harder? You've pulled, you've pulled things. Would it be harder to push something than pull something or, like, swim? Where does the endurance go? When you go... So, you know, okay, when I go into the gym, all right, and I go, okay, here we go, we've got leg day. I go, oh, for fuck's it's leg day. That is not fun. Do you have something, some sort of... Uh, sort of test or endurance test that you do where you go, oh God, I really, this is not a good one. This is the one that I don't like. Oh, loads. But I think when you've got the the end goal in sight, you know it's for a reason. And then you start to love the process. Great example, um, Emil Zatopek. So for those who don't know, uh, greatest runner to ever exist. Run three gold, uh, won three gold medals, Helsinki Olympics. Uh, and ran a marathon and had never run a marathon before in his life and won Olympic gold as well. Unreal, unreal. It's crazy. But w- the one thing with Emil Zatopek that I love, and, and, and next time you go to an athletics track, or try and envision it now for those people listening, one of his training routines, he used to do 100 
400 meter sprints. So next time you go to an athletics track, look oh at that and think, imagine doing a hundred of those in interval. That can't be true. That can't be true. He's a savage. He rewrote the book on interval training. He, people said you can't train that hard. He trained like a madman. Also as well, and I love this, his wife was an amazing javelin thrower as well, like a genuine Olympian in her own right. So date night for them is she would go out to a field, launch the javelin, and like a dog, he would run his intervals, pick up the javelin, and bring it back to her as well. So there was oh this idea my God. of being so intrinsically motivated that the process was its own reward. And he was always thinking about that end goal. So equally, sometimes, you know, when I'm swimming, We'll, like, we'll do horrible, like, 100, uh, 100 meter sprints. It's horrible. Like, you, you know, in the pool, you're about to be sick on the, on the side of the pool. But knowing that it's for a higher purpose and knowing that that training would allow me to out sprint a cargo ship going across um, the, uh, uh, you know, shipping lanes down in Dover, all of a sudden, you can start to tolerate those sessions. So, with you, Jamie, if you were saying, oh, I hate doing legs, I'll be like, but then why are we doing them? And if all of a sudden you said, because you know what, I'm running a, a, an ultra marathon across the Sahara Desert, all right, that changes things. Because you know now. I just say, because I want to get my legs looking good. <laughs> but also, how much do you think it's down to genetics? Because your father was a tennis coach, your mother was a sprinter, grandparents were marathon runners. Um, like, so you, you've, you've coming from this like family of pretty, pretty uh, obscene athletes. How much of it is down to genetics for you, do you think? So, yeah, they, they say. Um, Training is the realization of one's genetic potential. So they, they quite often say that absolutely genetics will play a part, um, but training helps you realize that. And I also believe, though, that everybody will have something that they can uniquely do. It, it's mm. finding... That. Everyone has a superpower. Everyone has a superpower. It's about finding your superpower. I totally agree with you. A hundred percent. And even in swimming, people say, oh, like, you know, they, they sort of group swimming all together. But it's not, there's, there's ice swimming where you're, you know, you're swimming in, um, you know, one degree water. I, I recently did that um, in, in Norway out with, um, I was coaching. Oh, God. Was, I mean, it was freezing. <laughs> so we were, we were doing that with, uh, with Chris Hemsworth. Um, uh, that's something that's, that's coming out a little bit um, later with, with Nat Geo. Um, and to take that's insane man holy shit but but i think what was amazing is to see someone like him this genetic beast and say right we're going to now take that dormant genetic potential and mold it to see if you can do this that's why with you guys it's there's something like jamie with you francis with you that is sitting there like dormant and training would allow you to realize that. And I don't know what that is, but in a few sessions, we might go, my God, like Francis's lactic threshold is stupid. And he'll be like, yeah, well, I used to row. It's like, well, that's probably the reason then. Let's see where we can go with that. Jamie, the same with you. Yeah, what would you say, Ross, about me? Go on, what would you say about me? You would be like... It could be absolutely anything. You could be an, an obscene ultra runner. Yeah, like I would be. We don't know, but running is just a, it's a series of successive small jumps. It's, it's body to weight ratio, uh, power to weight ratio. You would uh, be amazing. I tell you what, my, I, I'm good. My, I, I do it. I'm my 5k run. If I really push a 5k run on the running machine, I, my, my, my best at the moment is 18 and a half minutes. That's not bad. That's not, that's not bad. This is what I'm saying though. That, that's, that's me flirting with you, Ross. That's literally me flirting with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Ross, it's so true what you said as well, which I picked up on, is that life is about um, lots of different things, but life is about challenging yourself, having a bit of a purpose, and doing something what you absolutely love to do as well, amongst other things. And that's what basically you're doing in your life at the moment. You suddenly, you, you've realized that and when did you come to terms that you're like this is what i want to do this i know i got to do something that i love which is carrying trees and pulling cars and swimming around great britain crazy i i think it was it was realizing that that was although a really niche skill set it, it was quite nice that it was putting something good into the world and, and i realize i think you know that i'm not um I'm not Steve Jobs, you know, I'm not going to invent something that changes the world. I'm not Elon Musk, you know, when you, even now, like with everything that's happening. Elon Muscle, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I love what you said about, you know, your superpower. I'm I'm very aware that, um, you know, I'm not a, a great politician. I'm not going to change the world that way. I'm not a great scientist. But the one thing I can do is adventure you know long endurance adventure events and and swimming specifically i think after the great british swim a lot of people said we we didn't know the human body could swim that far and 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 for me to almost broaden our understanding of the human body in that particular realm i was like great i kind of not to sound cheesy but it's kind of like right i know why i was put on this earth you know i know my ikigai you know and that and eudaimonia that that was it yeah it, it's about having that self-awareness, right? Realizing that you actually go, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I know I'm good at. And actually realizing I'm probably not going to, like you said, invent the next flying car. But what I can do is I can do this and this is going to help people as well. But also, Russ, you had a, um, didn't you have a nickname at one point when you did something that was called Rhino Neck? Or wasn't that right? It was, yeah. So that was it. On, on the swim, I mean, it's healed now, but you get what's called sea ulcers. So if, if you get a wound or a cut or something like that, so I got the abrasions from the wetsuit because I was swimming and it cut my neck uh-huh. there. And what happened is because I was constantly getting in the water, it was never healing. And it, it, in yeah. fact, it, it gets deeper and deeper because every time it sort of scabs over, that scab comes off and the wound gets deeper. So there's, there's stories about sea ulcers getting down to the tendons and bones. Yeah, and you can get you can get a, a lymphatic infection uh, that way. So I, I was 
I was in, I was surfing in Bali and, and I got, I, I hit the reef on sort of my second or third day, but I continued to surf, uh, uh, surf through it. And on, and then on Christmas day, I, I looked down and my, I had all these lines all over my leg going up all, all over my leg. And, and it turns out that I had, a, had got a lymphatic infection from the coral. It's called, cor- there's something, there's, there's a, a word from it, uh, for it. I don't know what it was called, but yeah, it's horrible. So, 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 Francis, it's exactly that. So knowing that, but then also knowing that you, the only solution and the only way it ends is if I keep on swimming. So it's knowing that that could get infected, it could get deeper, it could get to the tendons and bones, but knowing that there was no other option but to swim. So we, we ended up like with, with duct tape to try and make it watertight. So we were just mm. putting rolls of duct tape around my neck, almost like a scarf like that. Um, but that wasn't, wasn't even the worst bit. It was this, every time I used to go to bed, if you imagine the bed sheets would basically fuse to the open wounds around ah. my neck. And there'd be times where Matt, the captain, would open up the cabin at, at two o'clock in the morning when the tide had changed and say, Ross, I need you on deck. And I would sit up and then have to rip the, the bed sheets ah. <laughs> from the wound <laughs> before I could even get in. So, Jamie, it, that, that was how I, I ended up building up these calluses around my neck um, that people then said that looks like rough skin that looks like rhino neck and so rhino neck kind of stuck and and, and i liked it because i think yeah, i like it, it. It's great <laughs> it was love to be called rhino neck high end rather my nickname's jam pot it's way less cool i would love to be called rhino neck that'd be high end but russ did you did you also i know i keep going but did you did you lose a lot of weight did you were there times when it was you were dangerously close to sort of dying or anything like that because surely your body is just freaking out at some points and do you know what? That was what was strange. I said before, I said like with the swim, it just became an eating competition and with a bit of swimming thrown in, like a little bit. And what people didn't quite understand is I was putting away 15,000 calories a day just to basically try and control the catabolic breakdown of the body. So you can be the best swimmer in the world, but unless you're going to put away that amount of calories to actually feed, repair, regrowth the body you're going to break down. So it, it did become about training your digestive system. Yeah. And I think that's so, so often overlooked in marathons. The main reason that people will drop out is, you know, it, it, gastrointestinal distress, you know, that they just can't stomach, you know, the fluids and everything and, and, and the energels that they're eating. Whereas with me, I mean, I've always loved my food. So w- one of the things that we ended up doing on the swim, we used to take um, uh, an entire baguette so like 12 inch baguette and then wrap it in a pizza um, and just see one of those off before I would get in. And well, that's the, th- the thing. I, no, uh, the thing I was thinking no, is that's is delightful. Cause, cause, oh my cause, God. Cause Ross, I suppose you don't have the, the, the physique of an endurance athlete. If I uh, not, you know, w- which I mean in a, in a complimentary way. So, so, so surely, it, it, you know, in terms of uh, taking on a challenge like this, it's it's in, it's much harder for you because you're using, uh, you know, you're, it's actually much more exhausting because of the uh, more the the increased amount of oxygen you need, you know, the more the increased amount of glycogen you need to keep your keep your keep yourself moving through the water. So, I guess you just have to eat like fifteen thousand calories. 
is a good point. But what becomes strange is you're absolutely right, Francis, in terms of like conventional swimming. So I, I used to swim internationally. I was trying to make the GB squad. My coach said, you know, you're, you're built like a hobbit. I mean, I'm 5'8 on a good day. Um, so like, I'm still waiting for a growth spurt. <laughs> I'm like, my yeah. coach was just... Oh my God, you're a unit. You're literally like a cannonball. Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah, built like a cannonball. So they, my coach said like, you're not going to make the Olympic squad. So I ended up leaving swimming for a while. I played water polo instead. Uh, did, did, did that upset you when you, you, you were sort of dream of swimming? You didn't quite, because that, that's probably your only, it, it, I don't know, but I'm assuming that was one of your first ever sort of rejections or failures because, and you are a person who hates failure. It's exactly it, Jamie. No, you're right. Like it, it really was. So that was around 13 and that's all I wanted to do, but I just wasn't growing. You know, so it was, it was just, I'm so sorry, Ross, you're diving in and you're already a foot behind. You just don't have the lead. It's like Jamie, would you like Jamie in his modeling career? <laughs> like, sorry, Jamie, I had a, re- just I had a really ugly. good face. I just wasn't tall enough. Um, but that's interesting, and and that is that is almost that is almost worse because it's not because you're not good enough. You're just actually genetically you're not built to be a, a, an Olympic swimmer because you're not tall enough. Is exactly that's it. hard. Is exactly it. Just being told like it's just not going to happen for you. It like physically, it's just you don't have the lever. Same with rowing. You know that they turn away people who are six foot three. Say, oh, I'm sorry, you're too small. You know, it's six foot three. They should make a Paralympic division for for short athletes. Short Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> but what became really interesting on the GB swim is they found that if you took a conventional swimmer, they would have got repetitive strain injury. They probably their shoulders something would have given up. So what they said when we got back, we did uh, various studies at Loughborough University, my, my old university, and they said. What's strange is because you have so much muscle glycogen, you can actually store, and, and, and they, the way, I love this analogy, they said, when you look at, like friends of mine, like Adam Peaty is amazing. Like he would have won Olympic gold. He will next year when the Olympics is on. To watch him in the water is poetic. He's like a dolphin, you know, like long range. He's amazing. But I'm not like a dolphin. It's not nice to watch me swim, but instead I'm like a chubby whale in that I will just keep going. You know, I can store muscle glycogen. My joints are absolutely fine. They're going to they're gonna withstand an Arctic storm, you know, 10-foot waves. And they said, what's strange is you maybe have a good body. Well, sorry, you have a bad body to swim in the Olympics, but you have a great body to actually swim around Great Britain. Great Britain. <laughs> you have a good body to do crazy things. Basically, you have a body that you can just batter. That's literally... <laughs> yeah, no, is it? It's exactly it, Joe, because it became like, if you miss a day because of repetitive strain injury, that might be 20 miles you miss out on. So it, it, you're absolutely right. It wasn't necessarily being a fast swimmer was good, but being a resilient swimmer was actually a necessity. And, and that's where it so- became really interesting. So in terms of, uh, in t- I know that um, Arj did very well uh, in the in the challenge. In terms of swimming around Britain, who would have a a, a, a more efficient uh, physique to do that? Would it be you or Arj? <laughs> um, it, <laughs> it becomes, do you know, Ar- Arj had an incredible physique for the channel. He was the only person not to do it in a wetsuit. Um, yeah, 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 he told us, he, he told, told us he didn't wear a wetsuit. He's amazing. And and also for all of like the work that a lot of channel swimmers do work on cold acclimatization, they'll swim through the winter. Arj just got in in Scotland absolutely fine. Did his two hour qualification and got out and was walking around in his speedos. He's incredible. Like his swimming superpower. He's honest, honest, he's, he's amazing. 
Um, but I think obviously in terms of speed, you know, there needs to be a trade-off between having a body that's resilient to the cold, you know, muscle mass, uh, body fat, but equally at the same time, it's almost like diminishing returns when you probably get too big. And, and, and Arj, I think, is doing amazing at the moment. I mean, I'd love to see what he's swimming now because yeah, yeah. he's finding that balance. Um, that That's totally, he's totally finding that balance and he's doing such a good job. First, also, I just want to ask, um, is there is there something that you've come across or something you've done? I kind of t- touched on it before, but didn't really sort of get an answer, I suppose. Is there anything that you have done where you've gone, yeah, that is that has been tough. That that was that was tough. And you're like, yeah, if you look back at all the things you've done, whether it's jumping in ice or carrying logs or swimming, is there something you go, yeah, that was a tough one? Yeah, I, I think with the rope climb. So when I climbed, uh, I, for those who don't know, I climbed a rope, a 20 meter rope repeatedly until I climbed the height of Everest. Uh, so 8,848 meters. Oh my God. Constantly. Yeah. So again, 19 hours that one took. Um, and most oh of the skin from God. my hands as well. <laughs> it was, we were burning through gloves, you know, uh-huh. just going up the right. It was, and, and that one in particular, I think on the Great British Swim, if something went wrong, we would have identified it, like the CL SIRS or something, and they would have said, Ross, you, you can't go back in, you know, you're, you're now infected, you know, something. Yeah. Whereas with the rope climb, something could have gone, like a, a bicep tendon could have snapped, um, you know, something like that, that could have gone very wrong very quick, is what I'm trying to say. So I think with that one, I look back and say, you know, I'm glad I did it. Like, I really don't think I'd want to do that one again. Not not to say I feel I got away with it, but there was times like when just through midnight and I could just feel like my bicep tendon was hanging on by a thread. You know, I could... Oh, it did, was, you, did you have quite big guns afterwards though? Uh, yeah, no, weirdly. So, yeah, no, you were. But I remember, and we, we talked about... Did you put a jacket on afterwards like that? You can't, when you're like, ah, he can't put the jacket on. Oh my God. Even worse than that, and I talk about this in, in my first book, but I, um, the, I, I was about two hours away from the end and because I was been eating so much through the night as well, I, I needed to go to the, to the toilet like bad, yeah. So I ended up running to one of the the, the portaloo things, and um, genuinely, like my hands, like it just took all the skin from my hands. I couldn't actually cup the toilet paper and fold oh. it, so I I, 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 <laughs> I so I couldn't wipe my own my own butt. Oh no, you had to go back. It's the worst. You get an itchy butt. You had an itchy butt the whole for the, another two hours. <laughs> Weirdly, and I've told this story in the book, but. <laughs> I was really struggling, and it was um, it was called uh, toughest. So it was Sweden's biggest obstacle race that had come over to to England, and I was like basically bouncing around my cubicle with my trousers around my ankles, like really struggling. And God bless him. To this day, I don't know who it was, um, but there was a, a Swedish gentleman, a quite old Swedish gentleman, in the cubicle uh, next to me who could realise that I was struggling. Um, he said, "Are you okay in there?" I said, "No, like I'm I'm really having a hard time. Like my I can't actually cup." the toilet paper and and so he folded the toilet paper oh. and, and posted small little sections what a dude a hero a hero i thought he's he was a real hero. Hero. let's talk let's you. find who he is <laughs> no so i ended up so he did that and then so i could talk, but, but then by the time i pulled my my trousers i i left the cubicle and he was gone i think he was like you know it's going to be a bit awkward. What, like, like, ba- like, like, vaga- like, 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 in like that Goldie, like, suddenly appears and then disappears. Like, he was like some spirit animal for you. <laughs> some spirit animal that came and helped you shit. That is genius. 
<laughs> and 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 Ross, also, is there something that you maybe it's secret? I don't know. Something that you have in mind that you're like, okay, this is this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is one in the future that I'm kind of like, okay, I I I wouldn't mind giving this a go. Oh, absolutely. But I think right, right now, I think because of the scale, if you think how big the GB swim was, it, yeah. it, it's such a team event. So. Like now I'm speaking to friends of mine in the sailing community um, and, and just sort of saying, hey, look, if, if we could do, I've got some causes in mind. And I just think if, if, if we can put a team together and it's, it's, again, going back to that Ikigai, if it's what the world needs as well, that's yeah. the most important thing. Because I mean, I love swimming. It's what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy. Um, you know, in a weird way, I suppose now I'm sponsored. You, know, you can be paid for it. But it, it, if it's what the world needs then I'll, I'll do it. And, and a few of those swims, um, you know, are on the scale of possibly the GB swim. Um, but where would that be? Like, what, where would you swim, swim to America? Like, what, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're surely looking- sharks and everything that like, that's like, this is it. I think when you start looking elsewhere, we're lucky in Great Britain, you know, that yeah. was just giant jellyfish. That was as bad as it got. But yeah, other places, I mean, we're looking and, Friends of mine were like Australia, but they were like, you literally will not make it five miles without being eaten or, you know, or yeah, you wouldn't, you'd be eaten. You'd be eaten. Yeah. They were like, that's, that's absolutely suicide. You know? So it gets really interesting. I'm like, I'll, you know, where you do something in the world, but you know, honestly, you guys will be the first to know if uh, I'm putting my goggles back on for a bigger cause. Mate, Ross, listen, you are an absolute legend in every single way. Listen, we've taken up too much of your time. Listen, before we go, we need to have the answer to the question of the week, Francis. So uh, the 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 note that that, that most toilets sh- toilets flush in is E flat. Ah, oh, <laughs> we were close. Well, no, not we were not close. That. We were close. We were close. Hey Ross, listen. Um, go. I just want to let you know. You know, Ross has written his but he's, he's his uh, original book in 2016, which is called. What's your first book oh, called, so Ross? Be the World's Fittest Book, yeah. The World's Fittest Book. You can go and get that now, but you can pre-order The Art of Resilience right now. It's I'm super lucky. I've got my, my book at the moment that I'm going to read this week. I can't wait. It's get, like speaking to you, it's just been unbelievable. Um, and you're such an inspiration for people out there who believe they can't do things because actually what you do realise is that actually you can do it. You just got to just got to put your mind to it. You got that, Francis? Yeah. Francis, you can achieve anything, buddy. I, I'm going to bite off my tongue. <laughs> Ross, you're, uh, listen, go and follow you on Instagram as well, Ross Edgley. Uh, go and check out, out his website. Anything else, right? Have you got speaking events? Oh, we don't know. We're in, oh, so we're in, hold on. Sorry, guys. We're in complete lockdown at the moment, so we don't know. But you're, you're just around. Just go and, go and check you out because you're pretty, uh, you're, you're, you're a modern day superhero. Um, Ross, what we like to do at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Wow. Oh, pressure. Okay. I think to sum up, when we talked about central governor theory, forms of motivation and everything, I think one thing that I would like to say is just understand that whatever you're doing, be it jujitsu, uh, cycling, running, swimming, it doesn't matter, but you're far more powerful than your own mind allows you to often believe. Good advice. You're a legend, mate. Ross Edgley, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Take it easy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. 
You will be timed. <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.